So yeah, this will be a short podcast. And that will make at least one of our listeners very happy. One? I mean, it, it, it might make all of them happy, but you know, <laughs> if nothing else, it'll make my dad happy. The other day, he sends me a text. He says, uh, an hour 52? <laughs> what on earth did you guys have to talk about for an hour 52? I said, hey, just put it on double time. It'll take you, you know, 53 minutes. What he doesn't know is that we had like two and a half hours to edit down. That's <laughs> a problem. It is. Feeling kind of sleepy, really in alert. It's reminiscent of all the times that I fell asleep in church. Hey there, Second Pot Podcast listeners. I am Serena Wolf coming to you from the studio at Grove City Trinity here with Caleb Spiker. And today we are excited because we are going to focus in on what it means to be a Christian. So here's what we want you to do. Um, we want you to, after you hear this, these instructions, pause the podcast, okay, and write down five things that are necessary to being a Christian, right? Like five things that it takes to, to define yourself as a Christian. So pause this and then come right back and we will be discussing that. Ready, Caleb? I'm ready. So you are out of town right now, Serena. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not right now, like you're here right now, but when this is going out, You'll be out of town. No, you'll so. be out of town. Oh, you're right. I'll be out of town. This yeah. is this is one we're pre-recording because I'll be out of town. So right. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we aren't. We don't have Sunday's content to really be the jump-off point. Uh, but you came up with this idea. What if we had uh, an episode where we talked about the top five essentials for a Christian? And um, when you first. Proposed, I said, well, essential beliefs, essential practices, and you said yes. Mm-hmm. Which probably wasn't helpful, but... No, but that's okay. So so we are kind of smashing together beliefs and practices. Um, what are the top five sort of essentials for the Christian in each of our minds? If I remember correctly, the way we're going to do this is uh, you are flipping a coin right now. Um if it comes up tails, I will go first. If it comes up heads, you will go first. And um, we're going to read through our list of five and talk about how they're similar and how they're different. And um, we'll explain why, uh, why there is difference and how that can be okay and where you know Caleb probably just overlooked something obvious. Mm, I'm not so sure you would have, but okay, here we go. Ready? Ready? I actually have a spinner, not a... Okay. Um, So I gave myself no and you yes, because that seemed reasonable. Black, being older than you and closer to death, hopefully, than you are. Um, (laughs) And no came up. So so, uh, here, listeners, is my... List of five. Shaking the paper so you can hear that I wrote that down before I came in here. All right. 
Uh, number one, belief in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Number two, acceptance of scripture as the divinely inspired rule of our faith. Number three, belief in the incarnation, death, and bodily resurrection as a physical, historical reality. Number four, active participation in a local church. Number five, living under the lordship of Jesus, which includes following his teachings and engaging in means of grace. Boom. I like your list. Thanks. Let's hear yours. My list is simpler. Okay, that's, that's like, fine. I, I, I think my list has about 20% as many words. Well, this is what happens when I'm trying to narrow things down to five. I am as descriptive as possible. Yeah. It's all right. Let's hear it. All right. So uh, my number one, confess that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. Number two, believe that he is raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. Number three, repent of sin. Mm-hmm. Number four, give all that one knows of themselves to all that they know of God. Mm-hmm. And finally, number five, loving your neighbor. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I basically went uh, Romans ten nine, mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight, and then mm-hmm. the Shema. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas I went more you, you, creedal. You went creedal and systematic. Yeah, and that's okay, right? Because I think both are valid. Because yeah. because like I like. All right, so let's 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 look at this from the top. You said Jesus is Lord. Yep. Okay. And that's on my list. But then, like, here's, here's the thing to me. There is a difference between intellectual assent and um, confession. Mm-hmm. And so I try to be very careful when explaining, to G- when explaining Christianity to people because this is not simply something that you intellectually believe. Um, Now, I think if I'm talking to you, Caleb, and you say Jesus is Lord, like you know enough to know like what that means, right? So Hopefully. Yeah, no, I, yeah. So I think I mean, Lisa, in, in some part, right? Like it's it's a it's a phrase that takes on new meaning at every stage of life. Oh and, yeah, um, oh, it takes on new meaning sometimes from moment to moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. We just we just took it from different angles. Yep. I think we've essentially said the same thing. Well, I mean, I, I think yours is is far more specific to um, the character of what Christians believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yours is more catechetical, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense given what I do. Yeah. Yep. And yours. Mine is very much like a sermon. The in, in in its most boiled down simplistic terms, what does the life of faith look like? Yeah. But I like 
So if you stood, if you and I stood in front of Trinity and read our list, like yours will hit different, right? Like yours really sound, yours really is more sermon-esque, right? Like, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the one place where um, our lists differ and we may want to, to hit on a little bit is um, my, in the middle of my list is the necessity of repentance. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, I think there is a, um, I mean, I think this is one of the, the real, you know, markers of Christianity that we, um, that we absorbed from Judaism. Mm-hmm. You know, this recognition that we live in a fallen world, that we are fallen beings, that God has given us a good creation with good gifts in it, and that our tendency is to abuse and misuse and disorder those gifts. Yep. Um, and that when we abuse, misuse, and disorder the gifts of God, it makes it difficult to know God. Yes. It makes it difficult to be in right relationship, impossible to be in right relationship even. Um, so that it is not simply a matter of giving intellectual assent to the reality of the death and resurrection of Jesus. But it's also allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to fix what's broken within us Mm -hmm. so that we can use the gifts of God properly going forward. Because we can't reach maturity if we don't. Yep. Um, well, and it's funny because as I drafted, so I, <laughs> here's, here's my process. You probably just sat down and just wrote the list. Yep. I, I, I wrote 10 things first. <laughs> and then I'm like, cause, well, because sitting down, like if I, if, if someone came up to me and said, you know, off the top of your head, tell me the top five things it takes to be a Christian. I'd be like, I, I can't, I can't do that. Like, there are more than five things. Um, so I wrote a list of ten, and repentance was on there. Um, but then I took, you know, very systematically of me, I took my ten and kind of lumped them together. Um, we can tell. So. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, well, because as I looked at my list of ten, like, This is, like to me, this is it boiled down. And for me, repentance came under Jesus is Lord, right? Like Mm. if Jesus is Lord, you are not in control. And every time you try to be in control or every time you stray from Jesus is Lord, repentance is necessary, right? And in fact, to say Jesus is Lord, repentance is necessary, um, but I think that there is great benefit in spelling it out, especially because um, 
Yeah, we talk sometimes in church. Well, I think sometimes in church we say repent, but people here confess. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Which confession is certainly a part of repentance. It absolutely is. But, you know, I emphasize this with the students. Like, you're not just telling Jesus to, you know, not just asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Like, you now the expectation is go and sin no more, which is not possible necessarily. Well, that depends on how much you embrace the doctrine of Christian perfection. Um, well, you can you can progressively sin less. Yes. Well, right? sanctification is most usually a lifelong process. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I like your list, and your list is was all in my top ten, but I. <laughs> I, you know, thinking about trends today, like the solitary Christian is not a thing that we're meant to be. Yep. I mean, even, even you know, there's some misperception about the desert fathers and mothers, right? Like these early Christians who felt compelled to leave the society in which they lived because it was so vile to them. Um, and so full of sin that the way to holiness was an escape. But even they weren't completely solitary. They had, like, the reason we know about them is because people talked to them. Yep. And they were in community out there. Yeah. Right? It wasn't wasn't individual hermits. It was, you know, a collection of hermits. Well, but even for the individual hermits, because there have been some... That doesn't mean that they they didn't engage with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and more importantly, they didn't cease engaging with the life of the local church. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, today I think about um, the orders of the monks and nuns in the Catholic Church. And part of their work is to pray for the church. And not just, you know, their prayers are not just covering the Roman Catholic Church, although I'm sure that's where they're centered. They are covering the church universal. So they are a little bit secluded. Well, some more than others, but... Yeah. So anyway, I had to get active participation in a local church in there. Like, Mm -hmm. I just can't perceive of being a Christian without that. Yeah, I think that's right. The the problem is five is just too short a list. (laughs) It is. It is. Well, that was the challenge, right? Like, And, you know, if if I would have, uh, for number one, like, instead of splitting up... uh, confession that Jesus is Lord and believing that he's raised from the dead. If I would have like written like Romans 10, nine as one of them, you know, participation yeah. in the life of the church, like that's, yeah. you know, that was right there hanging nearby, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think I said five cause 
when you and I were like, what are we going to do? I think five, like, I could have said top ten, but that feels really long, right? Can, yeah. Yeah. So five seemed shorter. Well, and I probably would run out at seven or eight, so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, maybe <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Maybe you're kidding. No, because you listed, what were the things you listed about Christ himself, the, his physical reality that you listed separately, right? Like, didn't you look at your list again? No, I, I, I have I have no uh, doctrinal assent to things about Jesus. I thought mm. you said the resurrection. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Doctrinal ascent. You had yeah. Jesus as Lord and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much. Well, I, I mean, like, you know, I didn't, you know, like yours is far more spelled out. We'll put it that way. Yeah. It's not the standard top five that you think about, like, you know, the old David Letterman top 10 or top mm. five list mm-hmm. that he would do. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah. That was that was a good practice, Caleb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and 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 for the listeners out there, um something you may want to do is and actually we're going to go back and we're going to re-record the intro and we're going to say, "Hey, before you do anything else, stop this, write down your five essentials mm. of the Christian faith and then hear ours and let's Talk about it. And have them send it to us. If they send it to us, that'd be even better. All right. Yeah. Let's caffeinate and uh, re-record that intro. All right. Caleb, you supplied the caffeine today, and I'm excited. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't feel like having something that might not taste good. So I went back to our friends at Mountain Dew Rise, and we were going to try their Tropical Sunrise, which is pineapple and other natural flavors. I have high hopes for this. I anticipate it being delicious. Honestly, I think caffeine time might just need to stop being reviews, and we may just need to drink Mountain Dew Rise and, you know, talk about how delicious it is and then be caffeinated and move on. You know, if the PepsiCo uh, just called <laughs> us and invited us to sell out, we could do that. I'm, dude, I own Apple products. I am in the Disney Vacation Club and an annual pass holder. I sell out for free. Yeah, I don't. Okay, let's. I am, let's, I am, I am very much a. Uh, you got to buy my loyalty? Yeah, I'm. You know, there are things that are delicious, which I go back to time and time and time again, like city barbecue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you want me to tell people that your product is delicious, you got to kick something back. Even if it is delicious? I mean, if, if you want me to publicly... On the podcast platform, okay. okay, make the case for it being the exclusive sort of deliciousness you should you should take in, and then I think our yeah. listener base will have to grow before PepsiCo has you sign any contract. Uh, All right, let's true. let's do this.
That's the sound of happiness, my friends. Ooh, strong pineapple scent. Kind of. Got a little lime in there, maybe? Yeah. What do you think? You know what? Before I take my first sip, I'm going to take a drink of water because I literally swooshed mouthwash. I, I brushed my teeth and flossed and swooshed mouthwash and then walked out the door. So hang on. I don't think that Tropical Sunrise will go well with Crest Scope. So let me see how this is now. Mmm. That is fruity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, so. It's, um, it's a little too pineapple-y. It's, it like, is super. I was hoping it would be thinner. It just tastes very thick of pineapple. It does. It is very, very fruity. Um, so I think I already mentioned this, but I tried strawberry melon on my own. Yeah. And it was delicious. It didn't strike me as being too fruity. Mm. The other, what did what did we try? We tried their orange. Their orange is It was phenomenal. so good. So good. All right. So Tropical Sunrise, um, I still think this is better than many. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a... High seven, low eight. Yeah, because it's it's fruity, but it's not sticky sweet either. Yeah. Any more than drinking pineapple juice would be. Yeah. It just doesn't taste super, super artificial, right? Like, I know this is nothing but chemical science in this can. That's right. But, hmm. Trust That's the science, delicious. Serena. Trust the science. I trust science. That's delicious. Not as good as the other ones, but still better than most. All right. Now that we're caffeinated, let's, let's move on. on. All right. Now is the time in our podcast where we answer questions. So, Caleb, I understand that you have a question for us today. Yeah. And it's actually kind of a series of questions that have come in um, where essentially the question will be, is behavior X sinful? Mm. Mm. And um, oftentimes, I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. Um, you know, because I mean, there have been some some pretty good questions that, you know, there are compelling reasons to say that the, this behavior would be sinful or wouldn't be sinful. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I've probably gotten four or five emails over the years asking about specific behaviors. Yeah. But I think there is a bigger sort of, um, a bigger sort of question of how we should be thinking about sin more generally um, than trying to do the calculus around any individual behavior mm -hmm. and whether in determining whether or not it is permissible or not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a, a, a story, you know, all these kind of folk stories uh, comes out of Germany that there was this baron who was hiring a new driver. His longtime driver was retiring and he was hiring a new driver, and um, his old driver 
was going to hire this new driver. So three men from the village applied to be the driver. And uh, the Baron got in, you know, the, uh, the Mercedes that he drove, or the Baron's driver got in the Mercedes with these three new drivers. Um, and the Baron lived up on top of this hill you know, kind of a windy road with no guardrail. It's very and, German. Yeah. And basically the driver said, so here's the deal. I want you to drive as near to the edge as you think is safe. And we're going to drive up to the house and drive back down. So the first guy gets in the car and he drives about a foot from the edge the whole way up. Mm. He says, you know, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You know, we'll call you and let you know. Second guy gets in the bends, um, and he drives six inches from the edge, whole way up, whole way back down. He says, hey, thanks. That's great. Third guy gets in the bends. He drives a foot from the inside edge, so like eight feet away from the cliff edge, whole way up, whole way back down, hired on the spot. Uh-huh. Because the driver realizes the goal is not to fall off the edge, not to get how, not to see how close you can get to falling off. Right. Um, and in my mind, this is what wisdom looks like when determining whether or not something is actually sinful. Um, it's a very Jewish story, really. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's like when, when we're talking about is something sinful, if we are asking the question, is something sinful, then that should give us pause in whether or not we should do it. Mm -hmm. um, because chances are, if something is sinful, there is some evidence, either from the Bible or from Christian tradition or whatever, that says, hey, this is something you shouldn't be doing. And... Um, but you know, here in the modern world, there is new evidence and argumentation that may be very cogent and compelling that say, well, no, it's probably okay. So, you know, the hmm. question becomes if something, you know, like how, how confident do we need to be that something is permissible before we engage in it wholeheartedly and i mean that's a question we have to answer individually mm -hmm. right um you know so if you have a particular behavior that um you know throughout christian history there has been debate as to whether or not it's permissible in some traditions it is and some traditions it isn't um you know, then, then there's that question of, well, do, you know, one, what does my tradition say about it and why, mm -hmm. um, you know, and two, is that enough for me to feel confident in engaging in it? Yeah. Um, so it's something like, uh, uh, this would be like the, the question of like birth control. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, is birth control permissible? Um, in some Christian traditions, it is not. Yep. Because it's a disordering of 
the intended purpose of the Career Creative Act. Right. Um, whereas in others, it's, you know, it's perfectly fine because, you know, the reality is that not every time the Procreative Act happens does procreation happen, right? Like there's just, you know, it's hard to get pregnant mm -hmm. unless you're 16 and don't want to get pregnant. Then it seems entirely too easy. Um, oh, yeah. Right? Like <laughs> No, it it is it is true to the to the frustration of women who struggle with fertility. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. you know, so like you know, this is one of those things that there is a variegated tradition. But ultimately, I do believe that like the goal is not judging between behaviors. The goal is what deepens my love for God and neighbor and what will get in the way of that um well i think yeah. the two work together right they do like, like when when we talk about the heart and the intellect mm -hmm. from a biological standpoint we are talking about the prefrontal cortex and the frontal mm -hmm. cortex mm -hmm. right we are talking about the place in our evaluative process that mm -hmm. is on autopilot in the place that we have some you know language and logic occurring and what we are learning is that they work together Absolutely. Right? that that for the most part according to the work of Kahneman that our reason tends to be giving language to what we've already automatically decided we want to do. So, you know, our will and our reason are detached. However, we have the capacity to slow down. You know, it's, it's the thinking fast, thinking slow. So Kahneman, one of his major works, thinking fast, thinking slow, that if we get in the practice of thinking slow, it changes the way we think fast. Mm -hmm. So we can develop intellectual virtue. We can develop moral virtue. So that the way that we think fast is more virtuous than simply the impulses of our creatureliness. Um, and I think this is, this is part of why part of why we talk about the transformation of the mind and the heart mm -hmm. because if we can be better at thinking slowly better at developing you know intellectual virtue and thinking through difficult questions it's going to impact our will it's going to impact our heart it's going to impact the autopilot that we live most of our life in. Um, so I was, uh, you know, listening to your buddy Matt Frad on Pints with Aquinas. I wish he were my buddy, but he, he's not actually my buddy. Yeah. But I do. I, yeah. I you it, your, when you listen buddy. to him, you feel like he like he's talking to yeah. as a friend. Yeah. Um, and he was interviewing uh, Lila Rose, who 
former Protestant, now Catholic. She's uh, um, a big, uh, like, pro-life advocate person. And she was talking about the beginning of her um, time in Catholicism and meeting with an Opus Dei nun. Um, And, you know, she went to her first sort of spiritual direction meeting uh, wearing, like, yoga pants and a tank top. And, you know, the nun was like, so so what do you want out of this spiritual direction? She's like, well, I, I want to be a, a virtuous Christian woman, right? Like, I want to want to be like Mary. I want to... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and the nun said, you know, can I be frank with you? And she's like, I, I, yeah. And she's like, you need to dress different. Like, that's, that's yeah. step one, <laughs> right? Um, oh, that is so unpopular today. And, oh, that is so unpopular. And... And, you know, she talks about how it is, you know, that slowly thinking through what she was wearing that day with the nun changes the automatic. Because most of the time we don't think hard about what we're wearing just Mm -hmm. leaving the house. But like that one event of slowly thinking through what does the clothes that I wear you know, say about who I'm trying to be. Yeah. Affected the automatic close decisions that she's made for the decade after that meeting. Yep. Um, and this is this is part of part of what we are trying to accomplish in thinking through things slowly. You know, this this whole idea of asking questions for a friend, like as we think through slowly what the answer is, hopefully that adjusts the autopilot that we live our lives on mm-hmm. um, so that as we answer the question, you know, because even, you know, back to the idea of, you know, someone is trying to hurt me, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Our automatic response is you try to outrun them. If you can't, you hurt them back. Yep. But if you've thought through it slowly, you may decide there's a better course of action. Well, I think some people's automatic response is flight. Other people's automatic response is going to be fight. Right? Like these are the two fight, flight, or freeze. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that's all very helpful. And I do love in, in Christianity... You know, I've heard people say, oh, you know, to be Christian, you've got to check your brain at the door. Actually, no. Christianity is an invitation to deeper reflection. If your Christianity doesn't take you into deeper reflection, there's something missing. Now, I'm not saying Christianity can't be simple because the truth is simple and yet complex right um but it is never an invitation to stop thinking ever god created our ability to think or god gifted us with the ability to think and god does not want us to set that gift aside ever ever yeah 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 i've i I, i'm i'm with you i i don't the the idea that 
Christianity is somehow intellectually uh, intellectually easy, given what we know about brain chemistry, is simply nonsensical. Because Christianity demands, you know, as part of this process of repentance and transformation, the renewal of both heart and mind, um, which is, is going to be challenging. But um, here's the good news. We don't do that all on our own. Right. Like, like our, our faith tells us that God empowers us to do that. Um, in the Wesleyan tradition, we believe we have the freedom to cooperate with God's grace. Mm -hmm. And so it is partially on us, but the real work of transformation ultimately is a gift from God and God's, God's work. It's a good bird. It is. So we've covered, uh, let's see, the basics of the Christian faith and the question, is this behavior, insert behavior here, sinful? Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, yeah, it's a lot to absorb. So Caleb, what is one takeaway that you want people to have today after listening to this? Um, practice thinking slow. Because Excellent. we can... Um, we can affect the way we think fast by thinking slowly better. Um, and I mean, I think this is one of the benefits of devotional Bible reading, mm-hmm. right? Is as we sort of slowly work through what the Bible says, our will and our heart is transformed towards making both fast and slow decisions that are more faithful and more honoring to God. Yeah. And that last bit is what my one takeaway would have been, right? Like employ the means of grace, Mm. right? Like if you want to, if you want to be a Christian, confess, you know, believe in your heart that Jesus is raised from the dead and confess Jesus is Lord using the means of grace allows you to grow in both those areas. Mm-hmm. So, so listeners, thanks for being with us today. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, be like Caleb, stay caffeinated, <laughs> stay in love with Jesus. And we'll talk to you again soon. Put a second pot on. We're going to learn what's going on.